Tonight, God's Word comes to us from Philippians chapter 3. We are going to focus our attention on verses 12 through 16, but I'm going to begin our reading at verse 1 of this chapter. Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's Word. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, last week in our study of Philippians, we entered the second half of this letter of Paul. We said that the first half of the book focused on the unity of the church, and now Paul changes his focus somewhat and we'll focus on the joy we have as the church of God. Uh, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. And he warned them last time about those who would try to rob them of their joy in the Lord. Those who would try to rob them by saying that, that faith in Christ Jesus is not enough for salvation. It is necessary, 
But we also need a certain amount of good works. We need our own righteousness that comes from the law. And Paul warned them uh, that this is not the way we find our confidence. But our confidence is found in Jesus Christ alone. Nothing we add to salvation, nothing we contribute to salvation. Christ has done everything necessary. And we rest in his finished work. Then, in verse 12, Paul will go on. In some ways, tonight's sermon is is part two of last week's sermon. Last week, the focus, find your confidence in Christ alone. But Paul will go on, and he will say, Don't be confused by that truth. It is the case we find our confidence in Christ alone. But that doesn't mean you can live however you want. It doesn't mean that that you are unconcerned about righteousness in your life. He says in verse 12, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Last week, resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. This week, the correlative to that, therefore, press on in your Christian life. That's what we look at this evening. Paul's call for us to press on in Christ Jesus. Paul, as I said, is trying to avoid some of the misunderstandings that come with an overemphasis on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And he says we do that by by honestly evaluating who we are, recognizing that, that even though God sees us as perfect in Jesus Christ, we have not attained that yet. We do not have sinless perfection. Yes, we have been declared righteous, but we are still called to righteous living. Therefore, Paul says, I will press on. Yes, I am seen in Christ Jesus as perfect, but my life is not perfect yet. I have not attained perfection. Not that I have already obtained all this or am already perfect. He wants to correct them lest they think their lives don't matter. He he wants to correct, we might say, the opposite problem as well, saying that if we are found in Christ Jesus, if our confidence is completely in Him, then, then why should we be concerned at all about righteousness? What's the big deal? Why, why does the way I live matter at all? My confidence, my hope, my righteousness is by faith in Jesus Christ. How I live shouldn't matter. Oh, Paul wants us to honestly evaluate who we are. I press on to make this my own. This righteousness that we have in Jesus Christ does affect how we live. Our hope, our confidence found in Him. But Paul says, I press on to make this my own. 
pressing on, honestly recognizing we have not attained sinless perfection and our life does matter. How we live as children of God is important. And so Paul says, brothers, verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal. That's the one thing Paul wants of us, to press on toward the goal. This ongoing pursuit of an actual holiness in our own lives. When he says, one thing I do, that one thing is pressing on. But that, that pressing on has, has, we might say, a couple components to it. The first component in pressing on toward righteousness is forgetting what lies behind. Pressing on involves forgetting. Now, when Paul says forgetting, he's not talking about being, uh, being absent-minded, you know, forgetting to pick up a loaf of bread on the way home from work, forgetting uh, your anniversary, things like that, being absent-minded. When Paul says forgetting, he means deliberately not remembering. A deliberate choice not to bring certain things to mind. And I would suggest two things Paul would call us to forget. He would call us to forget our past failures in pursuing righteousness. Being, being overly concerned about sins of the past can hobble us in our Christian life. We remember the failures that we have had. We remember those, those things that we should have done but left undone. Sins of omission. And we say, oh, if I'd only done this, if I'd only done that, we remember the failures of the past. Those sins of commission, things that we did that we should not have. Those deliberate sins against God, those failures in living the righteous life. Paul says, forgetting what lies behind. Now, by forgetting, he doesn't mean ignoring. How do we actively not remember that which lies behind? We do that by acknowledging it and confessing it to God. If there are sins in your past that still haunt you, that still trouble you, if you have confessed those to God, you can be sure He has forgiven you. And, and when God forgives us of those sins, God uses beautiful pictures to describe that forgiveness. The sin is removed as far as the east is from the west. That sin is no longer part of us. God says, I take your sins and I cast them behind my back. 
God remembers our sins no more. I think I've asked you kids before, what's the one thing God forgets? And say, oh, Reverend Nehemiah, God doesn't forget anything. Yeah, there is one thing God forgets. God forgets forgiven sin. I will remember your sin no more. Never throwing it up in our faces again. That's how God forgives us. And if He forgets those past failures, we may not be more righteous than God and try to keep bringing them up to ourselves. No, we have been forgiven. We've been washed. We've been cleansed. We are new creatures in Jesus Christ. Forget the past failures. Remember who's writing. This is the Apostle Paul, the persecutor of the church, the one who stood by while Stephen was being stoned, the one who we read in Acts chapter 8 ravaged the church and imprisoned men and women. Paul knew about past failures. Paul knew what he had done. And he says, I forget what lies behind. If you begin to think that, that your sins are too big for God to forgive, His grace is beyond our sinning. God calls you tonight. If there, are, if there are sins in your past or recent past which are still troubling you, confess those. And if you have, you know His forgiveness. He remembers your sin no more. You need not remember it either. Don't actively call to mind past failures. Don't call to mind past failures, forgetting what's behind. And I would also suggest, don't call to mind past successes. Things we have done in the past that were particularly pleasing to God, we might say. Serving as a, a Sunday school teacher, serving in the nursery, serving as an office bearer, thinking of all the past things we have done for God and having the mentality, well, 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 I've done enough. I've done my time. I've done my service. I remember all the things I've done for God in the past. No, Paul says, forgetting what lies behind. If we don't, we can become casual when the call to faithful service comes to us. Remember again, this is the Apostle Paul. We talked about this last week. His resume circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor, as to righteousness under law, blameless. Paul says, I, 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 I forget all that past resume, even the successes I did have, because I desire to press on to follow Christ, forgetting what lies behind. Past failures, 
past successes. And straining forward to what lies ahead. And the language that Paul uses here is, is language of athletics, straining forward, exerting ourselves. To, to train in athletics and to win the contest takes, takes ongoing training, ongoing working at it. You don't... Uh, you don't win a gold medal at the Olympics by training when you feel like it. You win a gold medal by training again and again and again, consistently exerting yourself, striving, pushing yourself to be better. That's the language Paul uses. Straining forward to what lies ahead. I guess we have to ask ourselves, what is the character of our growth in righteousness? What is the character of our pressing on? We do not grow passively, but it takes active engagement. Have, have we become spiritual couch potatoes? willing to sit back and, and not pursue this righteousness. No, Paul says straining, straining forward to what lies ahead, even, even when we don't feel like it, even when it's not convenient. The gold medalist trains whether they want to or not because they have fixed their eyes on straining forward to what lies ahead. Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on for the goal, to set one's eyes on the goal. Now, I am not a runner. I am not a runner by any means. I have friends who are runners, crazy people, friends who are runners, who enjoy running. Some of them long distances. Some of them shorter sprints. And as I talk to my friends who are sprinters, they say, you know, when, when you get ready to run the race, you get set on your mark and you fix your eyes on the finish line and simply drive with all you have to get there. That's what Paul means by pressing on toward the goal. Setting our eyes on the goal and pressing on until we get there. What is that goal that Paul calls us to press on toward? The goal of pressing on is not for us to get to heaven. That is not our goal. That has been secured for us by Jesus Christ and what he has done. When Paul says, I press on toward the goal, he is not talking about getting to heaven. He is talking about Christian living right now. Living for Christ. We will live with Christ forever in the future. But our goal now is to live for Christ. To, to fix our eyes upon Him. 
the one who has secured our, our salvation, and the one who we now fix our eyes on, that we might live for him in ways that are pleasing to him. We are saved by his righteousness, but he still calls us to press on in righteous living. How do we accomplish such a goal? Righteous living. Where do we find our confidence? When I consider my own past and current failures, I say, how is this even possible? How is it possible to live in a way that is pleasing to God? We know it is God's call. Is God's call to us to be holy as He is holy, to live righteous lives. But our confidence in, in attaining that goal is not found in ourselves. Our confidence in attaining that goal is found in Jesus Christ as well. Again, Paul says, verse 12, I press on to make it my own because... Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Where is our confidence in this pursuit of righteousness? It is not in, in my own strength. It is not in what I can well up within me. It is because Christ has made me his own. When God calls us to holy living, He also, by His Son, equips us for holy living. That our confidence is in what God has done in spite of my weakness, in spite of my failings. God continues to be at work in the life of His people. And that's where we find our confidence. That God continues with us through Jesus Christ and by the power of His Spirit to encourage us to press on in righteousness, to encourage us to press on because Christ Jesus has made us His own. God is at work in the life of His people, urging us, encouraging us, strengthening us that we might press on for Him. Paul said, my confidence is found in Christ alone. Nothing in my flesh, nothing I could offer, all the work of Christ. He is my righteousness. And yet, I have not obtained that righteousness yet. I am not already perfect, but this is what I do. I press on to make it my own, because Jesus Christ has made me his own. That is God's call to us as well. To put our faith, our hope, our confidence in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And knowing that, knowing what he has done for us, know also what he continues to do in us. Moving us, encouraging us, exerting us to press on for that upward calling, the goal of living a life in glory and praise to Him for what He has done. People of God, find your confidence in Christ Jesus alone and press on. 
Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do thank you for the fullness of the gospel. We thank you that in Jesus Christ we have all that we need. He has done everything necessary to secure our salvation. And we thank you, O God, that he continues his work in us, moving us onward, pressing us forward. Lord God, if we have been negligent, if we have been lazy in our spiritual walk with you, we ask for your forgiveness. If there are our sins from our past, failures that still haunt us, help us, Lord God, to confess those and to embrace the fullness of salvation which you secure. Help us not be debilitated by past failures or past successes. But Lord God, live with us every day that every day we might seek to bring glory and honor and praise to you, that we might press on because Jesus Christ has made us his own. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.